Good morning, y'all. Hey, um, first, I just want to say, let me get this going on. Um, like, we are so blessed to have the people we have here to play music with and lead. Um, but also want to give a shout out to Dad learning a new board back there. He's doing a great job. Uh, he's like new technology. It's like, you know, I have to go, you know, you, some of y'all have ever went over and taped your parents' uh, re remotes and to your TV and said, make sure you just push this button. Don't push all these other ones. So that's what it's kind of like. I'm just kidding. He's doing a great job. So um proud of that. But I'm so excited because especially with singing the last, especially the last two songs that we sang that like we're in week six, and we and like if we look back at the book of the look, look back at the book of the Ephesians, my mind's going faster than my mouth can move. It begins with Christ, what Christ has done for us, right? You remember, like it's the cross that saved us. If it wasn't for the cross, we couldn't sing songs like gratitude. See, the cross has brought us back to life, but. Because of Christ's work on the cross, we are also seated in him, in him in glory. Like right now, you are on the throne with Christ. Because as, as, as God looks at us, he, God the Father looks at us, he sees Christ and on all the glory that is Christ. Like we are righteous or we have a right standing with God the Father because of Christ and Christ in us. It's his righteousness shining out of us. We have a right standing because Christ has a right standing and he is living in us. <laughs> and since we know our position, since that creates our position as children of God, like, what is our response? And that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks, is what is our response? Now that we know our position is in Christ, our, rep our response should be to walk differently. We should walk differently than the rest of the world, not out of duty, but out of gratitude. Take a note, you might want to write that one down. We don't work for our salvation. We work because of our salvation. <laughs> we do it as a way of saying, thank you, God, for everything that you've done for us, because if it wasn't for you, we couldn't be where we are. So it's not out of duty, but out of gratitude for what Christ has already done. And here's why. Because we have been made new. Ephesians says, we are a new creation created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we're already new, created us for, recreated us for good works so that no man can boast, Ephesians 2 would say. Because we have been made new. We're no longer slaves to our old self because when we came to Christ, we were given this new nature. And that you can go many different ways with that. But here's two ways that especially that we've been focusing on in Ephesians, that we are not bound by our past anymore, right? You're not who you used to be. When God looks at you, he doesn't see the darkness, the dirty, the, the dead you. He sees Christ. You are a new creation created in Christ Jesus. So we're not bound by our past. We're not going to be judged based on our past. We're going to be judged based on our present, which is in Christ. So we're not bound by our past or not anymore bound by our sin nature. We are free in Christ, which means sin doesn't have a hold on you anymore. Like you can tell sin no, when before you, you couldn't, because dead people can't do anything about the situations, right? But now being in Christ, a new creation, now made alive in Christ, we can look at our situation and go, nah, nada. 
<clears throat> we are not bound by our past, not bound by our sin nature. We are now free in Christ, free from, free from and now free to. So we're free from and now free to do what? We're free to do what? And I believe the answer is found in this question. And part of it is the title for today. How do we walk as lights for the rest of the world to see? How do we walk as lights for the rest of the world to see? And I love how Paul starts, um, starts chapter 5. And it, it's, it's, he starts off with my favorite word. That I've, I've, you know what my favorite word is? Anybody remember? Well, besides but. Because but is a good word, you know what I'm saying? Chaz knows. But the first word, transition word, therefore. So, we had to figure out, what is therefore, therefore? So, I didn't put this up there, so I'm just going to go back and read it. <laughs> I added it in my notes this morning. When I got here, I was like, ah, I'm just, it's all good. So, we're going to turn back. to um, just, You don't have to do it up there. Just, I'm just going to read it, okay? Um, we're going to go back to um, Ephesians 4, verse 30, and read on. It says this, The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you're experienced till you experience your full salvation. When is that full salvation? When we stand face to face with Jesus. Like this, the Holy Spirit seals us, right? It says once you're sealed by the Holy Spirit, there's no getting away from it. Like you're, you're His. No one else's. You're His. All right? So the Holy Spirit of God sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted His holy influence in your life. That's huge. Basically, if the Holy Spirit guides you to do something, do it. <laughs> even if it's uncomfortable. This is the verse 32. No, verse 31. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults, but instead be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? He said yes. Listen to this. Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Some of us are walking around with some hatred in our heart. So has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Therefore, verse chapter 5, be imitators of God as beloved children. So what does it look like to be an imitator of God? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it goes on to say, live your life with love following the example of Christ who loved us and gave himself for us, he was a sacrificial offering that smelled sweet to God. Uh, I love that. Here's the deal. What does that look like? How do we walk as lights? How do we, by, how do we be imitators of God? And how we do that is by letting love be our God. That's what, that, that's what verse 2 says. Live your life with love. Let love be your guide. Follow the example of Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. He was a sacrificial offering that smelled sweet to God. Are you being guided by love or everything else in the world? See, it's a love that was demonstrated for us before. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave. He gave his one and only son. He was guided by love to give. He 
loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life when no one else, when we didn't deserve it, when we didn't earn it, when we didn't do any of that stuff. He says, you are mine. He, he, he let love in. It's also why <clears throat> it's like God so loved that he gave and it's this, it's this image of love that should drive our lives and how we live. If we're going to be imitators or Christians, and Christians means little Christ, we should also let the same thing guide us that the Father did and what Christ did, and that is love. That is why in 1 Corinthians there's this verse that gets read a lot at weddings, but it's really about, it's really about living your life with everybody. In 1 Corinthians, Paul would also write to us, and starting in verse 4, he says, love is large and incredibly patient. Are you patient with people? Because Christ was patient with you. Love is gentle and constantly kind to all. Ouch. I already got some people I probably should apologize to this week because I was mean to them. And I love this one. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Well, why are they getting that? No matter. Celebrate with them. Thanks, I appreciate that. Dad got one too. Oh, this one's a hard one for me. You ready? Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflates its own importance. <laughs> Making yourself a bigger deal than what you need to be. Because at the end of the day, it's not really you that got you to where you're going. You get with me? Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfless, selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is, love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. That's the love that we should be guided by. That's the love of Christ and the love of our Father on us. How are you measuring up? Here's the question. Really the statement. Starting out. How do you be imitators of God? What's our response to this? Above all else, the love of Christ is our guide. But Derek, what about, you can have all the doctrine and all the theology you want in the world, but without love it's meaningless. Even the Bible says that. Above all else, the love of Christ is our guide. So let's keep going. Ephesians 5, 3-5 says this. Sexual immorality and any kind of impurity or greed shouldn't even be mentioned among you, which is right for, for, for a holy person. Obscene language, silly talk, or vulgar jokes aren't acceptable for believers. Instead, there should be thanksgiving. Because you know, because you know for sure the person who the person who are sexually immoral, impure, or greedy, which ha which happens when things become gods, those persons won't inherit the kingdom of Christ and God. Basically, what this verse is saying, in some translations, say that you made these things your idols. You made these things your idols. Why? Why is it that it's saying don't give your love to these things? And it's because our love is from Christ and for Christ. The love that we receive is a, is a, is a love that we, we give back to God. 
the only way that we can love our neighbor is for our love to be placed in him and not, and not all these other things that we try to lift up. Because if we try to lift other things up, they'll fail us. And what we've realized is that we, we serve a God that doesn't fail. Now, he may not give us what we want the way we want it, right? God didn't answer my prayer. Well, that's probably a good thing. And he just may not have answered it yet, or he may have answered it in a way that you didn't realize it because you didn't, weren't looking for that answer. Keep going, you ready? Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. Don't become partners with tricky people, shady people. Doesn't mean don't, but don't like interact with them, to, like lead them to Christ. Just say don't associate yourself with them. And here's why: for at one time you were in, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord. School verse: Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good, right, and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is a, is, for it is a shame even to speak the, of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. visible. In fact, for anything that becomes visible is light. Interesting, we'll talk about that in a second. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you. We are walking lights for the world. And when we walk into a room, darkness has to leave. Why? Because we have the light of life living in us. We are children of light. When we walk like... When we walk in the room, people should be excited that we are there. Like, we should change the environment because the Holy Spirit's living in us. Like, there should be something starkly different when we walk in the room. You know what? I've, I'm going to share this story that happened this week. I wasn't going to because it's a little freaky. And I don't know. My family's going, oh, Lord. So I'm going to be honest. This week has been hard with Jack's. Like hard. And by hard I mean scary. Like being mean to Hayden. Like I walk into the room the other day and because Hayden's bawling his eyeballs out screaming and Jax is pushing his head into the metal pan hanging on the wall. Like that's the kind of week I've had with, with Jax. And I'm like, he is taking a nap today. Right? Like, you know, Dad, you know when you get mad, you're like, I don't care. I don't care if I have to hold you to the bed. <laughs> you're taking a nap. <laughs> so I said, Brittany, why don't you take Hayden, lay down in my bed, and I'll take them in there. And we, the way Brittany has a room, they took the, we took the beds away, just have the mattresses on the floor in the corner. It's this cute little setup. And so I scooted um, Hayden's mattress over next to Jack's. I'm laying there, <laughs> and he's just rolling around, like being ridiculous. And I put my arm around him like this, and I'm, we're eyeball to eyeball. And he starts like evil laughing. Like I'm talking like, started to freak me out. Like, 
I asked him to stop several times. It's just like he was like, it was just like, 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 came close to put my hand over his mouth. I was like, well, you know, that could end badly, you know, so whatever. But I'm, so I'm sitting there like, I've tried different ways of getting him to stop. And I finally said, in the name of Jesus, stop. You're not welcome here. Get out of him. Get out of this room. And he stopped and laid his head down. Talking about freaking out. I told Brittany, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> But there should be something different because Jesus is with us. Light enters the room. Light enters the room. Our life should add healing and restoration to the world, not darkness and filth. If you're a believer in here and you're causing conflict, you're causing hatred, then you are not a true follower of Jesus. Period. Light enters the room when you enter the room. Change happens when you enter the room. But I loved the last part when I said we'll come back to that part. Because a lot of us are walking around with darkness in our lives or what we perceive as darkness in our lives because of our past. Hoping like, man, I hope nobody finds out about that. You know, that, that kind of stuff. Like if, if the person sitting next to me finds out that in my life, they wouldn't sit next to me anymore. They're probably feeling the same way, by the way, just so you're aware if you're feeling that. Because we all have things in our past that if we could go back, we would totally change. And we're living in shame and regret because of those things. But what this is telling us is that any darkness in our lives, once overcome with the light, becomes light itself. So the very thing that you're trying to hide and keep people from seeing is what the world needs to be changed. Look at what God did in me. And when we walk in a room, that's like, it's like, the, like a stained glass window. Are you with me? If you notice all the cracks and stuff in stained glass windows where they pieced things together... It's those cracks, it's those broken pieces that allow this beautiful ray of light to come in. So let that darkness shine. <laughs> let the darkness out. Let it become the light. So what does this look like on a practical level, right? Like Derek, this is up here. What does this look like in our marriages, in our lives, and those things? Well, again, Paul answers that. You ready? So be careful so be careful to live, live wisely. Be careful to live your life wisely, not foolishly. Take advantage of every opportunity because these are evil times. Don't, don't live foolishly. Live, live like a wise man. Take advantage of every opportunity because these are evil times. And this, like, this is how we do it. We live with intention. We live, we, we live in, in, with intention. Like we, we are driven by the fact that since, we, since I, I have gratitude for what Christ did for me, my job, what I'm going to do, my, my, my work, my response to this, my way of showing gratitude is sh to share my story, to share, my, share what Christ has done for me, to, to, move for, like to, to move the gospel forward, not to waste a minute on being idle, but that in everything that I do, it's a story of how Christ has changed my life. Well, Derek, if, I have, if the opportunity arises, I'll do it. No. No, no. Live intentionally. Wake up every morning going, somebody's going to be changed today. Somebody's being changed today. That person may just be me, but I'm going to live intentional. <laughs> Go be intentional. Quit living idly by, you're going to change somebody's life every day. 
whether you're intentional or not, but let's be intentional with how we change our life. And that's what the gospel of Jesus, what Christ has done for us. He goes on to say, Therefore, not, do not be foolish, but, be, but, uh, but understand what the, what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, uh, for this is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, address, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Are you a walking praise song? Ephesians 2.10 talks about how we are, we're, we are made new. We are Christ's workmanship or Christ's poem. We are his, his work of art on display for the world. So are you, are you singing a song of praise when you walk down the street or, 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 or are you living foolishly? We don't live carelessly. We live with thanksgiving and praise by pouring ourselves out to others. By pouring ourselves out to others. How we pour ourselves with thanksgiving. I'm so thankful for what God has done for me and that what he could do for you. He goes on, he says, this is where things get a little tense, but I want you to hang with me. You with me? Hang with me. Verse 22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the, of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is, is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should, be, uh, should submit to, in everything to their husbands. Husbands, this is, where it gets, this is where it gets interesting because a lot of times preachers and husbands want to stop there. You with me? We want to stop there. One, because we don't want the woman to know our responsibility, but two, because we want to try to keep our woman in line, which is not, it's a joke, y'all. Like, we, like it's, right now you can't do it, can you? No, no. <laughs> but we forget to add this one, one, because we want to negate our responsibility, but two, because we want to try to hold, a, hold late women to a different standard. But here's this and this, I love this. You ready? Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. How did, how did Christ love the church and gave himself up for her? Ooh. That he may sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water and with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourish, nourishes and cherishes it, for just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it is, that is about sex, y'all. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And here's what this means. Our marriages should look like the relationship between Christ and the church. As the Christ is in submission to, to, to Christ, because Christ submitted his life to us. Right? This means that we are to live in a marriage cup, as, as a light to the rest of the world by being submissive to each other. 
Well, I always grew up there that the wife should be submissive to the husband. Well, they didn't read the whole thing. They stopped. Submissive to each other. Man, men, lay down your life for your wife as Christ did for his church. And wives, since your husbands are laying their lives down for you, you do the same. Why? So that the world can see the relationship that Christ wants to have with them. Let, me, let him be submissive to you as you're submissive to him. He laid down his life for you as a form of submission so that you can have new life. Ronnie's like, I'm a free man now. Our marriages should look like the relationship with Christ and his church as we lay down our life for our wives. The wives lay down their life for us. Submission that equals submission. Some of you are like, ooh, that's good there. Basically, if you want a better wife, become a better husband. If you want a better husband, become a better wife. Simple. Now Brittany's like, I'm going to hold you to that when we get home there. <laughs> You preached it from the stage. <laughs> Derek, are you laying down your life to me? Well, she'll say, I'm just kidding. She won't do it? No, she probably will. At one point. <laughs> Ephesians 6, we're going to do a little bit of the next chapter because I think it kind of goes together and chapters and verses are put together by relationships. It's a whole new story. Ready? A whole other story. Children. Zane Lyric, you listening? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So, kids in here, teenagers in here, for, the, for those of you who want to be a lot to your peers, it begins by doing and listening and obeying instructions from your parents. Because if you can't follow what your earthly parents say, how can we expect you to follow what your heavenly father says? You with me? This isn't about behavior modification or, or control. It's about living a life, modeling what it looks like to live in stability. Pastor, Pastor D, Rev D, what if my parents ask too much? I feel like I never do good enough for them. Well, I'm kind of glad you asked because I got a word for your mama and daddy. Because they're sitting back going, amen, amen, told you. That's why I whipped you the other day. Preach it, preach it, D. Well, here we go. You ready? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction for the Lord. You're like, yeah, see, I'm doing that. I'm doing that, Derek. I, mean, I, like, this, I like the way the other transition puts it. As for parents, don't be hard on your children, leading them to anger but raise them with discipline and instructions about the Lord. So, I'm just going to say this. Lyric helped me with the last half of this sermon the other day. Okay? It was awesome. We were sitting on the floor. said, hey, come, won't you come help me with this sermon? Won't you, won't you? And this, so this note is kind of her note, but it's mine too. I was like, I agree with you, girl. You ready? Parents, let your kids be kids. Let your kids be kids, but as you do, teach and discipline them. It's like, okay, Derek, I got my belt ready. <laughs> discipline comes from this Latin word, disciplinia, which means to be trained. 
okay? So, lyric class when I wrote this, you ready? For them to be trained, they have to have a trainer, and a trainer has to know and demonstrate what they're talking about. So honestly, if you're not doing it, don't expect your children to. And that goes for me too. It goes for me too. I figured you'd jump up and shout amen on that one. <laughs> he goes on to say this. As for slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling and with sincere devotion to Christ. Don't work to make your, yourself look good or try to, to try to flatter people, but act like slaves of Christ, carrying out God's will for the heart. Serve your serve your as as though you are serving the Lord and not human beings. You know that the Lord will reward every person who does does what is right, whether that person is a slave or a free person. As for masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Stop threatening them because you know that both you and your slaves have a, have, have a master in heaven. He doesn't distinguish between people on the basis of status. This is kind of where we're going to, I'm going to just pause right here just for a second and say this isn't the Bible condoning or acceptance of slavery. What this is is what's called a bond servant. This is what the actual Greek means as a bond servant. What a bond servant is is someone who's, who owes another person a debt that they can't pay off so what they're doing is they're working it off working off their debt. And in that culture, what happened a lot of times is the person who was OE would treat the, would treat the, treat the people bad. Right? And so the question becomes, what does this look like today? Right? What does this look like today, especially like for my generation and lower? Um, but here's the gist for today's context. When you go to work, work with excellence and don't be lazy. Work as if you're working for the Lord. Be the best employee there because in reality you're doing ministry where you live, work, and play. Think anybody's going to listen to you if you go to work and be lazy about what you're... Like if you're lazy about work, are they really going to believe that you're not lazy about your faith? You with me? Here's also a thing. For those of you who maybe own a business or maybe are have a certain status in the business that you that you're in, okay, treat those who are lower than you with respect and honor. Just because you have a higher uh, a higher position in the company doesn't mean you're going to treat the, the janitor any different, or the custodian, or whoever is below you. Why? Because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We all come to the cross the same way, begging and screaming and scratching and crying and dirty. And in fact, at one point in your life, you weren't much different than that person when you stood before Christ. Dirty, status a little lower, but instead, with love as his God, he chose you and cleaned you up. He treated you with honor and respect. So that is, last couple weeks, that is our response to the ever-changing gospel, the ever-changing us that God is doing in us. Like constant renewing, constantly constantly changing, like changing us, constantly making us new. His mercies are new every day, and our response is to live with gratitude, to take steps for Him. So here's 
the next part of this. We have one more, one more sermon in this series to cover the rest of chapter six, the end of the book. Because once you start living this way, once you start living in gratitude, once you start changing the way you live, there's going to be warfare for your life. The devil is going to try to attack and steer you off course. I love that Paul ends this ends the book of Ephesians letter to us, the Ephesians church, on one how to be prepared for this warfare, but also the fact that we are victors. We are victors. We're going to pray and we'll be done. And next week we'll talk about how to punch the devil in the face. Alright? God, we want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here, God. And I want to thank you so much that one, you changed our life. That you're constantly renewing us every morning. That even in our failures you say you are mine. God, I pray that as we walk in gratitude that it becomes obvious to us the steps that we must that we must take, not out of duty, but out of out of respect for what you have done for us, as a celebration and a praise of what you have done for us. <laughs> I, pray, <coughs> I pray we become walking lights, children of lights, as you claim us to be, wherever we go. And we're, when where darkness is infiltrating, God, may you may you expose those things as lights, and allow, allow those things to be to be examples for those around us. I thank you for what you've done on the cross. You not only saved us from, <coughs> but saved us to. Saved us from sin, death, and the grave. Saved us to a life that's really worth living. I pray all this in your name.